Welcome back, listener, to How It's Played. My name is Eli Silkwin. I'll be your host today, along with Matthew Yap and Jeremy Rogers. How are you guys doing today? Oh, I'm just swell, Eli. Doing all right. Doing all right. Awesome. Well, today's topic, we'll be talking about open world games and why they might be good and might be bad for the industry and anything in regards to open world games, since there are a ton of them. They're all bad. They're all bad. Every <laughs> single one is bad. Podcast but, over. That's it. That's all we need to know. Come on, Matt, Matt, let's keep an open mind here. Have an open discussion. You here. know he's had that planned for days. I'm so annoyed. <laughs> Matt, just keep your options open. It could make a world of difference. Okay. <laughs> and puns are already starting. Um, in terms of open world games, what games do you typically come to your guys' minds? Like GTA is for me always the first one because I feel like they've done it the best. I don't like GTA, but like they did it the best. Yeah, G- GTA Five has been out for at least what four years now. Yeah, it's been out for a long time, and mm-hmm. it's still continually growing with the community and like doing on their online stuff, which is really weird, honestly. Yeah, and like now, like. Recently, I just downloaded it just because the price dropped from sixty, which is really weird. It's it took like four the, years to drop from sixty. Yeah, now it's like thirty bucks. So I'm like, why not see what's the hype about? I'm like, okay, it's just one giant huge world, and that's about it. It is the full on city of Los Angeles. Still waiting on that single player DLC, though. It's never gonna happen. It's Rockstar, man. <laughs> So what typically comes to your mind, Jeremy? It's Take-Two Interactive that deals with uh, GTA Online. Rockstar is busy with other things, at least to my knowledge. Uh, Open Worlds, to me, I think of Elder Scrolls series. Oh, that's fair. That's pretty fair. Yeah. Um, When it comes to me, I typically think of Breath of the Wild, first thing that comes to my mind, along with, like, GTA, since I've been playing it a lot recently. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... It's Eli, a major you seem, seem too nice and sweet for GTA. I feel like you'd like follow street laws, you know, <laughs> like for like ten seconds, and then <laughs> like I get really bored. To be fair, that's ten more than most people. I I got GTA and I just went in, shot up a strip club, and then stopped playing. I'm gonna be honest; like that was kind of my first go to, and I was like, all right, I've done what I needed to do. Usually, what I do is I always take like a truck, you know, mm-hmm. and I just like let's ram into like one police car and like see how lo- far I get with just a truck that goes incredibly slow because there you, you can last a while if fair, you play fair. your cards right. Mm. Yeah, pretty fair. Can't <laughs> quite go full killdozer, <laughs> but you can try. Definitely. Um, in terms of mul- or open world games. What- um, what kind of aspects of the game do you t- typically think about the most? Is it the space of it, or is it like the amount of depth, or is it the amount of characters, mm-hmm. stories, side quests, anything like that? For me, the key thing is variety. And yeah. not just talking... Uh, to harp on a specific game, let's go back to uh, Far Cry 3. Mm. Fun game. Absolutely loved wandering the open world, doing the typical Ubisoft, you know take out the bases formula but the side quests and air quotes can't be seen in podcasts but they're (laughs) there nonetheless the side quests are just terrible yeah they weren't great that's the only far cry i've ever played and i was like this is a lame game so i've never gotten to the rest of it but no i agree that like side quests not really a thing there yeah i've noticed recently that side quests are just not really easy things to find in a game anymore it's like all integrated with the main quest it's like 
oh, we're going to push this main storyline continually. And then, like, once you beat the game, it's like, oh, by the way, there's a couple of side quests that you completely miss for some odd reason. Right. Until you've beaten the game, like, you've basically just chugged the entire story right down mm-hmm. through. Your, so you're practically done for a while, it feels like, because otherwise you just get really exhausted. Like, side quests are meant to take a breather, you know? Like, yeah. maybe discover something. You know? Well, I. I hate open world games. And <laughs> a big part of that for me is like, there's too much to do. And that sounds terrible, but like, I, my favorite type of video game is I love 2D platformers. And that's because it's a very streamlined, I know where I'm going. I just got to get to that like flag at the end. But with like open world games, there's, there's so many side quests and there's so much variety. And in GTA, like, I can't even find where I'm going. Like I'm already bad at directions. Like I like I can't I can't do these massive like run around, can't find where I'm going kind of games. And I think that has to do with like there's so much variety in open well, not variety, but there's so many options in open world games. There should be more variety. And like I don't think a lot of them do it well cuz kind of like you said it's just kind of like side quest or like glorified ideas of what the main quest is. The thing I think has done it the best in my favorite open world game is Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask because while a lot of the masks were necessary for uh the main quest, pretty much every other mask is just a side quest and a very well done interesting side quest. And so like it gives you a lot to do in the game. Yeah, I think it's really interesting when side quests actually give you items or give you a re- reward that you can actually use in the game. Yeah. Compared to just being like, oh, thanks for playing the side quest, and then it like just ends, and then you're like, well, that was pointless. Here's like 200 gold. 200 <laughs> <Have a nice> <laughs> gold. <laughs> but um, I think in terms of side quests and like talking about getting confused on what to do and where to go, I think the biggest culprit is Assassin's Creed, especially like more recently. If you like yeah. look at the mini map, they'll give you like a hundred little icons on the map, and you're like, "Where do I go?" I've never been able to finish an Assassin's Creed game. No joke. I don't know how to get around. <laughs> I mean, like, granted, like they do that like little eagle point of view, but that's like every building. It feels like, or at least the ones I've played recently, and it's like, "Oh, look, you're at this tall place. Let's do this cinematic thing." And it's like but what now? And it's like, oh, here's like these hundred things to do. I'm like, half of them are the same thing. Let's be honest. Right, like, I just, I just, who am I needing to kill? Like, just let me know. <laughs> I'm going to be real. I played through every single Assassin's Creed game up through three, mm-hmm. which, you know, means, of course, six different games. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, I was just so fatigued from the same formula going over and over again. I just yeah. couldn't bring myself to purchase another one. Yeah, Assassin's Creed, I've played Black Flag and a little bit of 3, and then, like, I saw, like, Unity come up and, like, all the glitches start to happen, and I'm like, I'd rather not get a broken game, especially <laughs> when they're release on a, releasing it on a yearly basis. That's pretty much, like, shooting themselves in the foot. And now we're getting Assassin's Creed 3 remastered. Isn't that what you need? <laughs> the only way that movie could have really stayed true to the source material is if, if it just crashed halfway through the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I just find it really weird because I remember Ubisoft, for me, in terms of developers, I used to consider Ubisoft to be really good. I used to consider them one of the best in the industry. Mm-hmm. But ever since they started doing like Assassin's Creed on on a yearly basis, we're going to m- basically monopolize and th- throw all the open world formulas in your face 24-7. Yeah. Like ever since Watch Dogs, 
you know, ever since Watch Dogs, I've been like wary of them because I'm like, I can't trust you guys anymore. <laughs> Let's be honest. I don't know. It's pretty fair. No. Who do you think does like good open world? Because I, again, I don't think open world has done well. So what is like good open world? For me, I'm actually really hopeful. I haven't played it yet, but I'm really hopeful for the um, Spider-Man 4 game that came out. Okay. Because for me, an open world game, a good one is content and spread out pretty evenly throughout the entire map. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, like Breath of the Wild has... Uh, I would say it's a good amount of content, but it's spread out really far. So there's a lot of yeah. open, just random places. So it's a little bit of a weird thing going on there. But once you get that motorcycle, you can rip straight through the desert and it's dope. <laughs> True. I mean, the motorcycle, that like talking about modes of transportation, that really defines how big a game is, honestly. Yeah. You can usually tell if an open world game is good or not as soon as you know how you're going to move through that open world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, there are certain games that are designed around movement. You know, they're made to make movement satisfying. Mm -hmm. Most of your superhero open world games, you know, all the way back to Spider-Man 2, you know, everything to GTA, Saints Row, the Batman Arkham series, they're all designed around making movement feel fun, dynamic. It makes you feel like (laughs) Spider-Man. According to IGN. (laughs) The amount of times they wrote, makes you feel like Spider-Man. I could feel like (laughs) Spider-Man. I wish I could feel Tom Holland. (laughs) But, I mean, in terms of, like, open world games, I think... For Skyrim, you're like, what, just trying to manually climb up a mountain most of the time, right? On a horse. On a horse, of course. <laughs> no, I mean, I literally, I would just keep, on all the, like, mountains you couldn't climb up, I would just keep hopping on it until I, like, glitched my way up. <laughs> it got me there. Yeah, I mean, that's what I did for, like, Breath of the Wild. Like, the, I remember starting off the game really early on, there was these, like, Twin Peaks, you know? Yeah. And, like... I saw him, like, I'm going to climb it, and then my stamina bar is like, not today. No, no, no. And... I did it somehow. Somehow, let yourself out. It's the best way to go. <laughs> Definitely. Um, in terms of transportation, do you guys ever feel like there's a lot of like distance that should be just condensed? Do you feel like their characters should just honestly just walk around compared to just driving or horse or random uh, absurd thing? Batmobile. <laughs> Batmobile. Let's be honest. Uh, a lot of it for me, I would prefer it that way. Like, because in a lot of games, I feel like there's no reason for it to be as big as it is. Like, I remember, like, GTA, I think is a good example. Like, yeah, super dope that it's, like, the entirety of Los Angeles. But I remember, like, driving, like, around. And again, it's literally just driving through traffic. And I was like, I don't need to go through all this. Like, 90% of this is just here for aesthetic purposes. And sure, I can, like, cause chaos here. And wouldn't that be fun? But, like, in terms of the game, why is it here? Yeah, like, for me, like, the main thing I always get ticked off at is, like, when I was, like, playing GTA, like, I'll walk up to this building, I'm like, can I go in this building? And my character will just run into, like, a wall. I'm like, of course not. Those doors are just fake. Let's be honest. Like, there's nothing here. I mean, granted, you have the occasional, like, convenience store and, like, you know, salon and everything like that. But, like, yeah, of course. But, like, let's be honest. Like, a lot of the buildings are just placeholders it's really annoying i just if there if something's gonna be there it's gonna be for a purpose you know to use a tired old cliche it's not about the size of your open world (laughs) it's how you use it we've all heard that before i remember my dad told me that (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah, we all try to tell ourselves, you know, it. surely it's true. Surely. Surely. Yeah. Surely. I've honestly heard it's how thick your open world is. <laughs> I've heard that's very, a lot more useful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's... Like looking at like Spider Man footage and stuff, like if you watch the uh, the uh, like <laughs> the AI characters and stuff, like they're actually like pretty interactive in like the al- like algorithms and like how yeah. the city actually moves. I think that's why GTA is so popular is because literally I'm just ro- driving around and I, I hear like police sirens. I'm like I don't have any star ratings on me, and then I look around and like literally just see cops shoot at someone like because they just Random. pulled them over randomly. I'm like, already I guess uh, police police brutality then (laughs) like going all the way back to uh the elder scrolls oblivion every single character had their own individual schedule that they would go do every day kind Mm -hmm. of going back to uh like a majora's mask type situation the best part of that game yeah and the thing was that if you mess with their routine they'll react dynamically Mm -hmm. if you take every if you pickpocket them and take everything they have nothing, so they have to go steal it from someone else. Mm-hmm. I, I really like the like cause and effect of open world games. So, like for example, with the Fallout series, um, in Fallout New Vegas, I believe they have a reputation system for your character. Yeah. So, like let's say you murder an entire village, the next village over will probably hear about it, and they'll probably have a warrant out for your your arrest or something yeah. like that, or some law of some sort. But like in Fallout Four. There is no reputation system. You can literally go around like killing everyone, and then you walk into the store, and the clerk's like, "Hi, so, how's it going?" And they're like, "Hope you had a good day." I'm like, "Sure, definitely." Like, yeah. why no, not? Uh, Fable was kind of similar to that. That was also an open world game where, like, uh, I think they called it like karma. But like, the more you would do evil things, you could get like like devil wings and horns. But like, and people, depending on how your character looked, because you would change appearance on whether you did good or evil things, would treat you differently. I remember, I think it was Fable 2, uh, that you could get like a discount with like prostitutes if you were like super evil, which is like polite, you know, it's sweet to get a discount. (laughs) Definitely. I I remember in terms of like Legend of Zelda, if you walk around with like a different mask on or something like that, they'll definitely treat you differently as well. And I just find that really neat it's just like the yeah. really small things you know right because well, like when you're in clock town if you're a like deku link they like will all treat you like trash because i guess there's like deku racism in clock town which who knew <laughs> yeah definitely i mean in like breath of the wild like there's all those like little korok seeds you know and like granted like some players actually go for all of them and they're insane and i've i can never oh, I do that so did bro are you kidding <laughs> it's so fun how did you not like 900 of them of course i mean but, like, it's the small things that, like, add up over time, I think, that really makes a game. Um, the weirdest game for me in terms of, like, Nintendo and open worlds is Mario Odyssey. For me, Mario Odyssey was really weird. It was mm-hmm. almost too compact. It was odd. I don't, okay. odd. Odd as an Odyssey. That's <laughs> really bad. Bringing it back to the puns, Dude. ladies and gents. <laughs> but, I mean... Do you guys ever feel like there's an open, open world, in quotes game mm-hmm. that was really just too small or like people try to like fit too much into it um i mean i think odyssey is a good example of that because i don't know i guess odyssey is an open world game but i never thought of it as one i always kind of thought of it as like a level based game kind of where i consider like each of the kingdoms which i guess they'd each be open world i just kind of thought of each kingdom as kind of like a level kind of like yeah. well i guess super mario 64 is also 
just an open world game. But like when you would jump into the paintings, you'd be like, oh no, this is a different level. But I guess if you would consider them open world, which I guess they totally are. That but. is that is weird. I didn't think about it like that. For like example, like are those technically? I I, I guess they're a hybrid. I assume of so level like, based and open world. Yeah, it is just really weird because there's no one to find like, hey, this is level one one. It's like, oh, you go in here and you complete this challenge and you get a star or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, even games like Ukulele, yeah, they wall off parts of you know different levels based on how many what is it, pages that you get? Pages, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's the same deal as Super Mario 64, walling off different rooms based on how many stars you have. Do you guys feel like the, that's probably the best alternative to open world games? I prefer that, yeah. Yeah. I say, because I, even like down to like, I prefer like, this is going to be a very incorrect and controversial answer. I prefer like Super Mario Sunshine to like Mario Odyssey because with Super Mario Sunshine, like you get your shine and then the, it, like you, it takes you back and you'd have to like hop back in. Where in Super Mario Odyssey, you just keep going around; it never resets you back like it would in Super Mario Sunshine. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, I prefer it if it's kind of level based, but that's just the type of video game I prefer. Is it because of the accomplishment system, I guess? Because, like, when you, like, get a moon in, like, Odyssey, it's just like, oh, you're going to keep on going. It doesn't really matter how many moons you... I mean, it does matter, but, like, at the same time, you're like, oh, just another one, and then you just keep on walking around. But, like, in Sunshine, you'll get reset. It's like you completed this area, I guess. It feels like you finished something, yeah. Yeah. Do you guys feel like those games have been the most popular with... Play, or players, you know, in terms of, like, condensed worlds, because we got, like, Banjo-Kazooie, what else would you say? Ukulele. Ukulele, yeah. You know, 64, Odyssey, Sun, Sunshine. I mean, I don't, I can't think of a really terrible game that sort of did that formula, you know? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean if we're going to talk about just collect-a-sons, let's go back to Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And talk about, you know, Assassin's Creed 2, collect all of the feathers. Oh. All 200 feathers. Super fun. Yeah. The best. I, I don't even know how people get, like, all the moons in Super Mario Odyssey. I guess they just, like, change coins for them because you can buy in the in the shop at the end of the game. Yeah. And, like, that who, who does that? Like, who just literally just goes out and just buys most of them? Pay to play is such a thing, Eli. Come on now. You know. <laughs> It's player choice. Player choice. That's that's the whole tricky thing about open world games is this player choice. Like for example, in GTA, you could either follow the road laws or you can just run people over in the street and you run them over. Just run them over. That's all you got to do. Matt Yap plays as a chaotic evil kids, and that's a fact. No matter what game it is, Cooking Mama, chaotic evil. Oh yeah, I could never get a gold star because I was just too busy just like hacking stuff up. <laughs> I actually love Cooking Mama. Let's talk about that on one of these podcasts sometime. But I'd say I think you have to look at what kind of, like, company. Because, like, Nintendo is very good with, like, collect-a-thon kind of level-by-level open world, quote-unquote. Whereas, like, huge, the most profitable game of all time, GTA, is, like, just pure open world. I think that's because Nintendo does kind of market towards more casual players. That's why I like Nintendo. And so... Like, I really do kind of feel like like if you have, like, a Fallout or, like, a like a GTA, something that, like, is more marketed towards, like, serious, quote-unquote, gamers, like, I think 
an actual open world is more appealing to them. I don't know. I think there is one game series that I've heard continually praised for its super tiny open world. The Yakuza series uh, made by Sega. Okay. Yeah. Uh, between uh, different games. Different games almost reuse huge portions of the same map, but because it's so densely packed with different interesting stories, mm-hmm. most players don't really care because the games are so darn good. Okay, that's fair. Uh, you know, we talk about so many games these days. The side quest is just go to place, kill everything that moves, yeah. go back to the place where you started from to get the money. That's all Fallout for us. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah, but I mean, like, there's a there's a side quest in Yakuza Zero where you help a sex worker become a better dominatrix. Important. Oh. <laughs> Lovely. And we've all been there, you know. <laughs> Definitely. It's a lot better than, like, Assassin's Creed, follow this guy for this long, and hopefully you don't get caught, because you definitely will ten times in a row. Yeah. Um, that's what it reminds me. There's um, a game sort of, I want to say, similar to um, the Yakuza series, but uh, Shinmu 1 or 2, and I was, like, looking back on that game, and it's a fairly old series, you know? Mm-hmm. And the graphics for open world games back then are just trash. <laughs> like, absolute trash. Like, you look at an old GTA and you're just wondering, like, what drugs were you on back then as a kid? Like, what were you looking at? Was it the same thing? I mean, when you're like 10, you're like, it's so realistic. Wow. <laughs> look at that door. I can open it. <laughs> like, man, these GameCube graphics never going to get old. <laughs> I know. I legitimately used to think that like the ocean and Wind Waker was like the most beautiful thing in the world. Like I was like, this is as beautiful as a video game will ever get. Look at the like sunset on this choppy wave. Like <laughs> I thought it was peak. People looking at GoldenEye 64. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> just going, it's never going to get better. I mean, that's practically the movie 007 right there. <laughs> like, I mean... In terms of, like, Wind Waker, I still think that the cartoonish style still holds up for a majority of it. I mean, granted, there's still, like, ultra-realistic things. Yeah. But, like, it is fun to look at the past and be like, oh, look, there's this sort of cartoony style. And then you look at today and you're like, there's still that cartoony style. And they honestly hold up a lot with each other. But if you, like, compare GTA with the new GTA, you're like... Okay, That's I got rough. I got a I got a little circle here as a person and then you got like all these 3D texturing, you know, and rendering and it's like, "Oh, I can literally see the fabric of this guy's jacket." Right, right. Right, like 18 years ago Jet Set Radio came out in 2000 oh and gosh. it still looks pretty fantastic. I doubt GTA is going to be remembered quite as fondly 18 years after it's been published. No. We just need a new Jet Set Radio, let's be honest. Because that is a... It, I think it's a pretty unique game. I've never played it, but from the looks of it, you literally... Don't you just skate around, like, Tokyo and, like... Or, no, not even Tokyo, but, like, some city of some sort, and you just go around, spray paint. Um, I don't know what else to... What else do you do in that game? <laughs> Anything you want. Vandalism. Vandalism, exactly. And in terms of open world games, there's also been a resurgence of 2D platformers. Yes. So in terms of that, like, for example, I've noticed that a lot of three-dimensional games, like maybe 
you know, like Mario, it still goes back to the, like 2D platformers, and people still yeah. pick them up. And I don't know why exactly. Like, it's almost. I feel like it's almost like a downgrade in sorts, because for me, 2D platformers are just not as interesting as 3D. Whoa, you're so wrong. <laughs> well, Mario Tennis Aces is essentially HD Pong. Let's get stuff S- real here. Stating nothing but facts right now, Jamie Rogers. But, I mean, that's just that's just graphics. Let's be honest. But like in terms of like actual like mechanics and stuff of the game, like in three dimensional things, you have to worry about X, Y, and Z coordinates. But in terms of like two D games, you're just like X and Y. Like hopefully I don't get hit. I mean, granted, it might be more difficult but if you've ever played the complete mario odyssey it gets freaking hard and really fast i don't know why and i think that maybe kind of the problem is like companies are like oh we it's like harder it's gonna people are gonna spend more time on it's it's more fun to companies but like i think a lot of people are going back to 2d platformers because they're like i'm not trying to like explore all of los angeles or new york with spider-man i'm just trying to like have a nice casual sit back kind of thing like going down to even uh like an hour ago uh at the nintendo direct they announced uh a new mario bros 2d platformer for the switch um, I'm disappointed. <laughs> Let's be honest. I am really excited. disappointed. I'm immensely more excited for that than I ever was for Odyssey because I really, I just want a, like a nice 2D platform that's like chill and you don't have to, I can just kind of jump and run. I don't have to worry about like this mechanic and this mechanic and always with open world there's like harder fighting mechanics and like all these things. I just want like to sit back and relax but I mean, and play I'm, my video game. I'm also going to throw out there at least in defense of 2D is that it's way easier to develop for 2D. You know, you yeah. can have an Owlboy or a Celeste where it's just one person's passion product project that they've been working on not as easy to do in 3d yeah i mean in terms of like 3d like are 3d games actually harder let's be honest like in assassin's creed like you can literally approach this objective in like a million different ways and you can do that with breath of the wild they actually like touted that throughout the entire like e3 demo and like they're like you can go about this a hundred ways it's not like about the destination it's about the journey yeah and like in 2d games it's like all right you have to get here Good luck. That's fair. I'll say, yeah, that's fair, because I guess I didn't spend too much time actually trying super hard, like, really challenged in Breath of the Wild, where, like, a game like Cuphead, I died just over and over and over. Yeah, I haven't played Cuphead yet, which is phenomenally sad. Isn't it, like, it, it is completely, like, hand-drawn. Yep. So that's, yep. it's a shame. It's honestly a shame. It's a sin. It is the best game. But, I mean, in terms of, like, 2D platformers, I always think that in terms of development, it is definitely easier. So, like, I that's my, personally my reason why I don't give them as much slack. Because, like, once I see a 2D platformer, I'm like, all right, it either has to be, A, really good storytelling, or, B, like, it has to have some element of, like, secrets or something to explore of some sort. Because yeah. there's always something that has to be surprising to me for a game to be good. Por que no las dos? There you go. <laughs> I don't speak German, but like I agree with Jeremy. <laughs> Good gameplay and a surprise. Who every that way everyone's happy. Exactly. And I feel like with open world games, at least in my opinion, sometimes they're like they don't try as hard with the story or anything because they're like, but it's open world. Like, isn't that fun? Look, you can walk all the way over there to that mountain. Don't worry about the fact that it's kind of boring out here. <laughs> yeah, like. 
it's really interesting just like once you get there you're like what do i do like right. you can just like jump off or like right with a 2d platformer you never are like oh wow this is a really long stretch of nothing where in yeah. open world games there's so many massive stretches of nothing you're just like wow this open road was literally paved with the money they were going to use on a writer <laughs> yeah i mean i think the an interesting thing about um open world games is that you are allowed to experiment more yeah. in terms of like compared to, to, to 2D and everything like that but like for open world games I literally just go around like you know Breath of the Wild and be like what happens if I just did a little stasis here yeah. a little stasis here t- toss a couple of bombs here I've seen really insane stunts on Breath of the Wild and it's, yeah. most of them are pretty hilarious but I mean that's I think we might be wandering into a little bit of a false dichotomy here with open world and versus more linear games and 2D versus 3D games. There is a huge community out there that's all devoted to completing linear games like Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Mirror's Edge as quickly as possible and in Mm -hmm. as many creative ways as possible. And none of that has anything to do with an open world. That is true. Like, I think I remember Dark Souls being beaten on a Guitar Hero guitar. Pretty sure about that. I mean... It's probably happened. I mean, it's Dark Souls. I mean, there's bound to be everything. Oh, a no-hit Guitar Hero drum set victory has been done. (laughs) The sequel. (laughs) But, I mean, in terms of, like, three-dimensional games like that compared to open-world games, it is, I find it to be almost sort of similar within the realm of, like, Odyssey's kind of deal, like how they're almost levels, but they aren't. Dark Souls is really weird because it's, I feel like it, is more linear, like like you were saying, but it, I can't really define it because if you say it's open world, granted all the levels or all the areas are connected, but there's only one way to get to it or like, you know, very limited ways to get to it. But if you do like open world games, you can do like anywhere you go. Open world, I consider you can go back, you can go here, you can go wherever. It's not like leading a direction. Dark Souls is definitely like linear. Until you find that glitch that lets you teleport to different places by exploiting errors in the game's coding. That way, you get to go anywhere you want, and you get the same fun, linear, hard challenge. There you go. I saw, like, Portal 2 or 1 beaten in, like, 14 minutes or 13 minutes, and they were literally just, like, glitching through all the portals. They were just standing on them, and they would just shoot at the end of the level, and they're like, all right, I'm done. I'm like, how in the world? Like, what kind of practice does it take to get through these level like games like dark souls without taking a hit like how in the world is that possible like how much you've time, never done that eli come on man. how much That's time and commitment play. do they have like i can't like every time i think of like you know interesting stunts and tricks it's usually through a three-dimensional game because like the the amount of calculations or the amount of attempts or mm-hmm. tricks or whatever they're gonna do depends on so many variables and two-dimensional games I don't get that wow factor, you know? Right. I have seen someone, I have watched an entire video of someone coding the game Pong into a Pokemon game while they're in game and then playing Pong. It really be like that sometimes. I don't, like, was it like playing during like a battle scene or was Pong just playing like the entire time no like they literally exploit uh, an error in the code 
and go to all these very precise locations on the overworld to, that coordinate with you know different elements of game code, then they execute that game code after spending like an hour just going from you know this square here to this place on the coordinate map, mm-hmm. and then just execute it, and the entire game goes to pong. Yeah, that's really <laughs> that's really weird. I mean, in terms of like open world games and Pokemon, that reminded me like there is an obvious difference between like regular like three dimensional or like you know three sixty kind of open world games and top down open world games. I mean, in terms of Pokemon, everything's mostly top down, but with the newer ones, whenever you go into a city, it does a weird like everything's three D models now, and it just throws me off so much because yeah. I was. I start off at Fire Red and like, why do they do this? What's the point of ha- mm-hmm. having them make 3D models in the city? Granted, why don't they just do it everywhere? Makes so much more sense. Because that's hard. <laughs> Let's go, Evie. That's true, actually. That's true. Exactly. That's why I'm like partially excited for. It. I don't know. I'm half and half. Oh, I'm super excited. I'm very easily pleased by a Nintendo. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> True. The, I think the thing that's really causing me to like sort of hold back is the like the whole mechanics of Pokemon. You know, Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go. And honestly, like Pokemon Go is great. It's but, the like, ultimate open world game, guys. Yeah. Earth. We've done yeah. it. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> the real open world <laughs> game is the friends we made along the way. And video games, like always. I guess. <laughs> No, no, my friend's list is full. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, next thing you know, like, we're just going to have, you know, our animals be genetically mutated to become Pikachu or... Do you think I have an issue with that? (laughs) Probably not. No. I mean, Pokemon, for me, it's just... It's such a weird game to look back on, and it's just really entertaining to watch how many features or things they put into it. It's like, oh, this time you can like breed your Pokemon, like or like literally in like this version of the game, or you know, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, you can actually like comb their hair, which is really weird. They announced that in the direct today, mm-hmm. and it was just threw me off so much. I'm like, why is this important? What's who, the purpose of this? Who hasn't dreamed of being followed everywhere by a Mister Mime? <laughs> me. They're always nightmares, but I dream about it. True. I mean, it it does look like a fun game, but I'm, like always, just wary of any video game nowadays because you can never trust anyone. Number one example, definitely Ubisoft. (laughs) You cannot trust them. Or Um, Bioware. Or Bioware, yeah. That's true as well. Speaking about, like, upcoming games, how do you guys feel about Cyberpunk uh, 2077, if you guys seen any footage of that? Love the name, love punks, love cyber stuff. Uh, however, I I question it. Because, again, I feel like it's another game that's banking on this idea. Like, it's open world and there's so much to do, and I don't think there will be. Yeah. I don't know. I have faith in CD Projekt Red to make a densely packed game. The Witcher has been incredible. I mean, I'm not encouraged by them making jokes about gender on their Twitter uh, not is yeah. that cute? There's just a lot of interesting things that we can probably put on another podcast in regards to video game developers and questionable things they've done in the past, and especially today. Um, but in terms of like Cyberpunk 2077, for me, it looks like a game that 
visually looks good. Mm-hmm. In terms of like actual gameplay, though, that's where it gets a little bit questionable. Yeah. Like, how much is this actually just like a movie that you're playing through? Love the aesthetic, though. Yeah, definitely interesting. Um, I believe that's all the time we have for today. Um, this has been Eli Silkland along with... Matthew Yab. And Jeremy Rogers. Awesome. Make sure to check us out on ByBSU.com along with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all our social media feeds, including YouTube. All right. Thank you for listening today, and have a great day.